I'm Sandra Smith. I'm Brett Baer. I'm Ainsley Earhart. And this is the Fox News Rundown. Tuesday, May 19th, 2020. I'm Trey Yingst. A coronavirus breakthrough. A new test for COVID-19 delivers results in less than a minute. But eventually this capsule is going to be inserted into the spectrometer to be scanned for about 20 seconds. And then after one or one and a half second of mathematical processing, you'll get the results, whether it is a carrier of coronavirus or is not a carrier of coronavirus. This is the Fox News Rundown, global pandemic. The race for a coronavirus vaccine and treatment continues, though countries around the world are eager to return to normal life. The current gold standard for testing, a nasal and throat swab, can take hours or days to deliver results. But a new development could change that timeline. Over the next few minutes, you'll get the latest headlines on the global COVID-19 outbreak and hear from Professor Gabby Sarusi at the Ben-Gurion University of the Negev about his new rapid coronavirus test. Starting first, though, in Russia, where the country saw more than 9,000 new cases of COVID-19 today. The Russians now have more than 300,000 total cases as the country enters six week of lockdown. President Vladimir Putin is facing criticism for contradicting messages to the public offered in the early days of the outbreak. Now to the United Kingdom, where home testing kits for coronavirus have become extremely popular. The National Health Service has run out of home testing kits, according to a government helpline. The UK's Secretary of Health said this week he is aiming for 200,000 tests a day. The UK has struggled with nearly a quarter million positive cases of COVID-19 and nearly 35,000 deaths. Finally, in Israel, the country is reporting fewer and fewer positive results each day. As Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu looks to reopen bars and restaurants next week, Israel saw zero new cases reported in its first 12-hour period yesterday and just 22 new cases in the second half of the day, a first since the outbreak began. New developments in vaccine, antibody, and testing research are bringing fresh attention to Israel during the coronavirus outbreak. We went inside a lab today at the Ben-Gurion University of the Negev to try a new COVID-19 test that delivers results in less than a minute. Put the mouthpiece on top of it so you can see the chip here inside, okay? And basically blow the three times or cough inside. Then everything is disposable. So this is going to, the, this, to be disposable to the biological uh, waste. This is Professor Gabby Sarusi, of the Ben-Gurion University of the Negev. And then we sealed the capsule, okay, because it may contain viruses, of course. And then it's completely sealed. There is a O-ring here and so on. And we are inserting it to the spectrometer that is standing nearby. Uh, for example, at the entrance to the airport, there will be something like 10, 12, 15 spectrometer like this. They will be built with a nice gooey and so on, but eventually this capsule is going to be inserted into the spectrometer to be scanned for about 20, 20 seconds. And then after one or one and a half second of mathematical processing, we'll get the results, whether it is a carrier of coronavirus or is not a carrier of coronavirus. So it's these two pieces. Yeah, this, this is, that's all. We simplify it. We had wow. a lot of version over the last uh, two months. But eventually we got to this very, very compact breathalyzer. So it's not like a police breathalyzer that contains everything inside. You need an instrument beside it, a spectrometer, 
but eventually, once you have it, this is both of them are going to be disposable. One is going to be disposed right away, and the other one is going to be get into the machine, scan, and then to be disposed. How are the pieces made? These are just pieces of plastic? Oh, okay. So this is a, a nice story, okay? So over the quarantine period, I didn't want to stay in quarantine, so I started to work on this. <laughs> so uh, so along with uh, my friend, okay, uh, his name is Ari Kahlo from Laser Modeling in Estiona in Israel, we designed this uh, this uh, breathalyzer-like uh, device, and uh, and we also made simulation. So ba basically, it's not only mechanical design. There is a lot of know-how inside that we already patented uh, uh, that basically allow the uh, this device to be scanned in the in the machine that we are going to see in a minute. So. Uh, the design uh, was done, and then we made it in 3D printer. So all the, all what you are seeing here is done with the 3D printers. Of course, in the mass production, we would not use 3D printing. We'll use a, a production method which are really fit for serial production. But for the experiment period, this is the best thing because you can you can think about it. You can design it with few hours. And we did it by Zoom. Okay, he was on the Zoom, I was on the Zoom, and we designed it. I think it took us something like seven hours. Okay, and then uh, it came out. On on the next day, we printed it, and that's it. We had, you see, we have hundreds of them here. Okay, wow. So all of them are 3D printed. In the United States, everyone is concerned because the tests are very expensive, and it seems like this is yeah. something that can be done relatively yeah. inexpensive. Okay, so. Of course, this is something we, we have two advantages. First of all, that we believe that the test will be less expensive, less expensive uh, compared to the PCR. And the, maybe the major part is that we can do it on a very promptly. So we are talking about a minute from the time that uh, the individual take the breathalyzer, do all the procedure that I just saw you, and then. 20 seconds scanning in the machine, one and a half second mathematical processing, and you get the result. And what's the chip like inside? I see this, like, uh, it's a nano chip? It's a nano chip, but this is the, the secret. Okay? Okay. So it's, uh, this is, the, <laughs> this is the, the heart of the system. All the other stuff are, you know, nice, nice uh, mechanical thing. So talk to me about where the process is in terms of Israelis, Americans actually being able to use this. Like where along this process are you in getting this out to the general public? Oh, okay. So uh, we have to go now into a process of uh, validation. And uh, what we are going to do is a period of time, which is we are talking here about weeks because we are doing it also very rapidly so that we are going to check the sensitivity of, the, of, of the, all, all this procedure. What, what do we mean by sensitivity? Namely, in what stage of the infection we will be able to see that the individual was infected, okay? Uh, is it going to be after one hour, three hours, five hours, a day? We don't know. So this is something that we have to do in a very methodological process. Namely, we are taking a, a drop with viruses with different concentration and we taste we test it uh, one after the another and then we'll see in what concentration we start to see the the effect that we are looking for do you have a hypothesis now about 
around how long it would take from when someone is infected with COVID-19 to when it would actually show up on your test? It's very, very hard because we don't have, but we have some hypothesis based on the last uh, experiment that we did. We checked an individual that was on the recovery stage, okay? It's very hard to make the experiment of how, 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 how much time after the infection you will be diagnosed because you, you cannot do this experiment because you're not going to uh, in, infect deliberately a person with the corona, okay, and then check in. So what we, what we did actually by chance that we uh, make measurement on the individual that was in the recovery stage. And what we noticed that unlike a very well-defined uh, people that had the coronavirus that are really inside the disease, those in, the, in those individuals that were in the recovery stage, we, we saw actually clear difference between the heavy, heavy carriers okay, and the, those who are in the recovery stage. So we can conclude that if this is the case on the recovery side, maybe we'll be able to see them also in the infection uh, stage. You've been listening to Professor Gabby Sarusi at the Ben-Gurion University of the Negev. We'll be right back. So the machine that you're using, it's very precise. Can you actually see how much of the virus ends up on this nanochip? Okay, it's a good question because this is exactly what we are checking now, okay? Actually, the box that is here contains exactly an answer to your question. Hopefully, we'll be able to, to, to measure it. So here in the box, we have different uh, uh, different concentration of viruses, okay? Different viruses, but uh, different concentration. We want to see how sensitive we are. So this is exactly what I said, to check the sensitivity of our system. Because, because our method is coming from the physics arena, it's not a biological arena. I'm a very, very little biologist. So, but I'm a physicist, electrical engineer, so I'm looking at the problem from the perspective of electrical engineer and physicist. And uh, what we are looking for is the physical property of the virus, not the biological property of the virus. I don't care about the RNA, the DNA of the virus, and so on, because I know nothing about it. But in generally, I'm measuring the electrical property of the, of the virus. I'm treating the virus as a nanoparticle. And this lab is dealing with nanoparticles. So what does that look like? Uh, for the average viewer, they might not understand the difference between, I don't understand the difference between the RNA and the DNA of uh, a virus. So if you're looking for the physical properties, what are you actually looking for when you're analyzing the, the I'm, data? I'm, I'm looking for the electrical characteristic of the virus. And how did you determine that early on? like what the electrical uh, structure was for coronavirus. Okay, so what, what we are doing, we are, uh, after this, uh, this procedure, we are taking the capsule and we analyze it in a spectrometer. And in this spectrometer, we can see the spectral behavior, which is coming from the electrical characteristics of the virus. So this is the basic idea. And we can, by scanning uh, on a span of frequencies, we can see different response to different frequency because of the existence of the virus on the chip. And that's exactly what we are looking for. Of course, when we designed the chip, we took into account a lot of stuff that are uh, really very, very important. 
the size of the element, the structure of the element, uh, how, how, uh, what will be the signal to noise ratio. I mean, these are coming from the electrical engineering world, okay? Uh, and those are the things that we did. Actually, the chip that we have now, within the last two months, it is the, it's the fourth version. So we did fourth version of the chip until we got to the, to the right structure. And from your understanding, this is the only chip like this right now in the world that is being used? I'm not sure that it's the only one in the world. I, I believe that there are a lot of groups that are working on similar stuff, and it's very good because uh, it shows that maybe. But we are not aware of many of them. We are aware of few. In Israel, I don't think so, but in the world, yes, definitely. In Europe, maybe in U.S. Uh, so I believe that uh, people are working. I mean... What's it like handling the coronavirus? I mean, you're, you actually have to look at the virus and be able to test different dilutions of what you said is in this yeah. box. What's yeah. that process like? Uh, this is done in a class 3 lab. I mean, we are not dealing with it. We are, get, we are getting eventually a capsule, okay, that is completely sealed after sterilization, uh, external sterilization. So it's completely safe. It was going through the safety committee and so on to be sure that it's completely safe. Uh, and then once it is sterilized and, and from, from the outside and it's completely sealed because we, we have here a very tight screw, and then we can uh, actually check this capsule. This capsule is basically transparent to the, to the radiation that we are, we are using. So basically the chip is uh, ex it's like it is exposed to the, to the radiation or to the illumination, I would say, that we are using and eventually we can check it inside the capsule without opening the capsule. Wow. And tell me about the early trials of this method. I understand that you're looking at around 90% accuracy, mm -hmm. um, which is, is pretty high. We understand every test, whether it's a swab or any other method, is going to have some room for false positives and false negatives, but 90% you're yeah. confident with. But, but we have to be careful. We said 90% compared with the PCR because this is the golden standard that we have. We don't have any other standard. So by referring to the golden standard, which is the PCR, uh, we said that we, based on the experiment that we did on many, many individuals, uh, we have this accuracy. First of all, the PCR itself is not a very precise method. Everybody knows that. So compared to this one, uh, we, this is the percentage. Uh, there is one anecdote that we found out is that uh, uh, there was uh, one, one, one test that we said positive and the PCR said negative. And then they made another PCR on this individual and they found that you it was right. positive. <laughs> you were right. Okay, it was one wow. case. So it's, make up. it's made us really, really happy that uh, we are really reliable. And by the way, all the tests that we did were blind tests. Namely, we didn't know the PCR results. Namely, we gave the re our results, our prediction, and uh, only after a day or two we got the PCR results because it's take time, takes wow. time. Then another amazing thing is, uh, is uh, the passion to, do, to, to find the solution. And you can imagine, you, you can see that within a very short time we did a lot of things that usually take sometimes years or two years in order to accomplish the same thing. And most of the things were done on a voluntary basis because we didn't have a real budget for this. So, you know, in order to buy this system, I bought this system during these two, two months, 
okay? And I imported it from abroad, and uh, we installed it within five hours, and after five hours it was working. And uh, these are processes that cannot be done in a regu- on a regular basis. A lot of people that volunteer, my students volunteer to do it, friends that uh, uh, did my design and 3D printing, and uh, uh, f- the, the fab at the university that produced the chip, I mean, they were working overnight, coming on weekends in order to do it, so it was a really a nice effort of everybody that joined this, uh, this, this activity. Absolutely. Thank you again for your time. I'm really incredible, and uh, we wish you the best of luck getting this together. Thank you so, so much. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. Rundown. Stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.